<laughs> but I promise I'm, I'm not going to be long, and it has nothing to do with the Georgia game. <laughs> it's just, just the way it, it worked out. <laughs> because, uh, like I said last week, we're going to talk about the uh, works of the flesh. All right, and um, we're going to go through a long series. I mean, we're not even going to get to the major flesh, the major, excuse me, works, the major things that we call sin. Because a lot of times, you know, when we come to the church as Christians, we're like, well, you know, like I said last week at the end of the service, that, hey, those works are for them that's out there. It's for the people that don't know the Lord, you know, but we want to hold on to the fruit. Because we know that's the character of Christ, and we know that's what we're, we're to bear. But truth be told, the Bible is written to who? To us, as his believers. Amen. Right? We're the ones that are going to obey his commands. Right? We're, we're, we're the ones that are going to do what the Word says. And we have to stay on top of that. So in his Word, he talks about works of the flesh, which are things that are sin. And we can't sit up here and be naive and say, well, because I'm a Christian, I don't deal with those things. Because, see, sometimes what we do is we want to, like I said, we want to judge the world. But Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 5 that, no, it's God's job. He's going to judge the world. But what we're to judge is in the house of God. All right? We're, we're, we're to judge. And, and a lot of times, you know, we want to break these sins in the Categories. So this is how I broke it down into three categories, right? And I'm just going to name a couple. For, so now the real serious sins we consider to be murder, adultery, and really in this society and in the church today we consider theft to be a serious sin because, you know, not that they're Christian, but so there are some people at work, you know, at the police department. They'll say, well, once a thief, always a thief. But we know that's not true when it comes, you know, because God delivers, right? So we know that that's not true. But some will consider theft as a serious crime. Alright, so now we come to some that are not as serious, not like murder, you know, so we consider these maybe bad sins. Right? Things like cursing, lying, slander, things like that. It, these are things that we know that they're wrong to do, right? But, it's, but some people do embrace them, right? Then we have the ones that we know that they're sins, but we say it's okay because we're human. And we all deal with them, right? So such sins as gluttony, <laughs> improper jokes, procrastination, pride, laziness, and let's talk about this: pornography, alcohol, drugs. See, we see some Christians will say those are big sins, but other Christians say maybe not. You know, because we heard, we talked about it a while ago. People say, well, you know. They gave their hearts to the Lord, but they're just not delivered yet. Right? But what is causing them to continue to be on drugs? What is causing them to still have that alcohol, to still be gravitated to those things? Right? Ultimately, it's sin. Right? It, it, it's sin. And God, really, all these sins are serious. And, you know, we said, and I think you might have said it last week, Phil, where, you know, all sin is sin, and but all sin is sin to God. So it doesn't matter how big or how little, they're, they're all sin is sin to God. But we know in the Old Testament, it tells us that some sins carried more judgment than other sins. Right? So you could have somebody that committed murder. You could have somebody that uh, committed theft. And then you could have somebody that probably slaughtered somebody's animal maliciously. And then you could have somebody that dealt in witchcraft. So there's different punishments for each 
all four of those different sins. So in God's eyes, they weren't, yeah, they're sin, but they were held differently in, in judgment. And then sometimes we, we hold on to these sins and we're like, okay, so I call these, and, and it, this is all going to be a serious on the works of the flesh, but I like to call these pet sins. All right, so what do we do with pets? You know, with pets, you know, a lot of people have pets. Some people can't stand pets. Some people can't stand pet pets, but or some people can't stand certain types of pets, right? So, like, I don't like mice. Don't like mice, don't like rats. All right, so that, that's one animal I will not get in my house, ever. I don't care how much somebody pays me, that, that's not happening. And that's just, you know, that goes back to my days in New York and seeing the big rats and how big they were. So I never, uh-uh, I just don't deal with it, right? So, but some people may not appeal to cats. Some people may not appeal to dogs. And, but let, let, let's take a dog, for instance. Usually when dogs are born, like six weeks old, seven weeks old, they're puppies. They're cute, and sometimes they like to nibble, right? But we know at that point their teeth are not sharp to really hurt at that point. But what happens? The puppy starts to get bigger, starts to get older, and they begin to still nibble. If we don't deal with them, right, they, they nibble some more, and then they begin to bite, especially as they get in adults because now what? Their teeth get bigger, their jaws get stronger, and they bite, and not only what they may bite us, they may bite somebody else. Well, that's how pet sins are. They may start small, and we may hold on to them and say, well, it's okay. <laughs> you know, because everybody deals with it because we're all human. But really, God doesn't want us to deal with any sin. You know, he's delivered us from our sinful nature. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. No. So, the sins I'm talking about, and understand this, this is not a message of condemnation at all. Okay, so don't take it away. What I'm talking about is people who are going to practice these things. And it, there are people who still, as confessing Christians, will practice these things. And we can be guilty of this. So such as unforgiveness. Right? So we may say, well, I don't have unforgiveness towards this person. I forgive this person. But this person I can't quite forgive because they hurt me too much. And sometimes we may think we may be we may have forgiven someone, but yet, if we, this will help us. If we start to think about that person, and then we start to get mean, angry thoughts, then there's probably some unforgiveness there. And just like that pet dog, that unforgiveness can expand, right? And then some, some things can cause that to trigger in us. Some things can cause us to remind us of that person, right? So even if we were a child and our parents was abusive to us, and that parent could long been passed away and moved on in life, but yet we're still holding on to that unforgiveness. And then as we get older and, and we're in adulthood and now we're married, and we, we, but certain things are still triggering us and bringing us back. That's still that sin of unforgiveness there, right? So, and then, you know, I was discussing with my wife yesterday about, I think I mentioned to you about abandonment, right? And then I think she said, well, that's not really a sin. And, and, you know, it's true. It's not. However, I looked at, you know, some signs and some symptoms of abandonment. And check this out. So here's some signs and symptoms of abandonment issues. Always wanting to please others. Giving too much in a relationship. Inability to trust others. Insecurity. Moving from one relationship to another. Those are not good things. Those are not good things. So... 
somebody who's suffering from abandonment could still be holding on to that and may not have given that over to Jesus. See, Jesus, when he, you know, you think back to when you first got saved, and I think back, and I, I, I use my own. When I got, I, I did things, and then I, I came, gave my heart to the Lord, and then all of a sudden, it's like, man, I was remorseful and sorry for what I've done in the past, but peace was in my heart. Joy was in my heart, and I wasn't looking back at the things that, like, I didn't want those things anymore, right? Because Jesus came and filled that void. And then, as time went on, then what? The flesh starts to creep up again. But what do I do? Do I feed the flesh, or do I feed the spirit, man? Because the battle's taking place in that soul at that point. And see, it, it's up to each and every one of us. Because sometimes some people will get saved, and their hearts will be on fire for the Lord, but then they start to give back into the things of the flesh. They start to feed the things of the flesh. Right? And it may not be anything serious where they're going out there and doing certain things, but it may just be uh, feeding the flesh or just going back and listening to old music that they used to listen to. Or watching television shows or movies and things like that that they shouldn't. And then those things become triggers for them. And now they go from a spiritual mindset to a carnal mindset. Amen. So let's turn to Psalms 51 and 10. And this is not a, a foundational scripture. So, and I have this rhetorical question here. Can a Christian be a Christian and still sin? And I think all of us know that, it, that that is true. That can happen. A Christian can still be a Christian and still sin. But see, what happens is, unfortunately, our churches have been teaching for many years that it is possible for a Christian to be a Christian and still embrace that sin. And see, even with these pet sins, we embrace these sins. See, we'll look at it, we're like, well, I don't, I'm not going out there murdering somebody. I'm not going out there committing adultery. But what about that unforgiveness you have in your heart? See, and really, that unforgiveness is a serious sin to God. But because so many people in this world deal with unforgiveness and have unforgiveness, we have accepted it. And we have accepted it even as leaders in the church. God bless you. Leaders in the church, we have accepted it. You know, pastors have been offended and they've had unforgiveness and they've refused to forgive the person. And sometimes they talk a good game and say, I forgive them, but you know that they have forgiven because each time that person's name comes up, it causes something to rise up in them. <laughs> they haven't turned it over to Jesus. Right? So we have to have a clear, a clean and a pure heart. And the only way we can do that is through Jesus. See, even when somebody comes in, well, first let's read uh, Psalms 51.10. So Psalms 51.10 says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So here David is asking for the Lord to totally cleanse him. How many times do we do that? See, we, we may ask God for help in certain areas. But then sometimes we still want to hold on to that pet sin, you know, or that pet issue, that, that pet, that, that feeling, that, that, again, that abandonment, that unforgiveness, that jealousy, you know, can cause us to step out deeper in sin. And see, these pet sins, they seem small, but like I said earlier with the, uh, the dog, when it grows, it starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And what those things will do not only cause us to be hurt, will cause us to hurt other people. Amen. And see, that's what happens. We have a lot of Christians that 
go out and they hurt other people, but there's, there's an underlying issue there. There's something there that they have not turned over to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, look, I want it. I want you to be delivered. I want you to be set free. But we still hold on to those things because it almost becomes like a, a comforting pillow. And, and just like the abandonment, we, we're afraid to trust. And then, look, if we're afraid to trust our brother and sister, are we truly trusting God? That's right. See, because if I can't trust someone that I can see, I can touch, I can talk to, how can I trust someone? How can I trust God who I can't see? That's right. See, we got to be careful of those things. All right, so let's turn to uh, Proverbs 17 and 22. strength, we say, right? We get that from Nehemiah. We read that, what, probably a month or so ago, when we were going through a series of Nehemiah. So, Proverbs 17, 22 says this, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. So that word broken there means wounded. See, so someone that may have been wounded as a young person, or even wounded as an adult, they're not going to experience joy. Because, see, it, it broken spirit dries the bones. See, but a, a merry heart does good like medicine. See, when, again, thinking back to when Jesus came into our hearts, we were full of what? Joy. We weren't concerned. It's like the weeds, even weeds were good, right? Our mindset things, our, our mindset changed, our outlook changed on everything, right? But, when we hold on to these wounds and these hurts, and we don't want to give them up, and we don't want to turn them over to Jesus, they become pet sins, and then they lead to other things. They may lead to other things. They may lead us to go out there and commit fornication. They may lead us to go out there and get addicted to drugs. See, there's a reason why someone who, who gets set free from drugs goes right back out there again each time. They get set free, and they go back. They get set free, and they go back. Same thing with alcoholism. They get set free, they go back. Well, what do they hold it on to? Because Jesus is willing to take it all. See, Amen. we can't, even with these AA meetings, yeah, they help some, but do they bring deliverance? See, they, they'll help in a natural aspect, but Jesus has come for us to have supernatural deliverance. Amen. Right? So Amen. he can take, see, I've heard people say, especially those who've been addicted to drugs, say, you don't understand. You, no, you don't understand. Because when Jesus comes in and floodgate, and, and he floods our hearts, it doesn't matter what sin it is, where we're bound at. He's come to set us free. Amen. Because why? He came to set the captives free. So, real quick, uh, Luke 4, 18. You don't have to turn it, I'll read it. Luke 4, 18 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Oppressed by what? Sin. Right? So that word liberty means deliverance. Deliverance meaning release from bondage or imprisonment. So if someone's bound in alcoholism or drugs, they're in bondage. They're in bondage. So they're, they're having, they haven't fully given their hearts over to the Lord. And this is the issue where we, the church, have been guilty of. 
And, and it may sound harsh, and I'm not going to go into all of this right now because we'll go into it later on in the series, that what we're supposed to do is we're actually supposed to judge our brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. But what we do is we go, I think Matthew 7, judge not lest ye be judged. We'll come back and we'll quote that all the time. But what Jesus was talking about is a hypocritical judgment. So me being bound in adultery, I can't sit up here and judge or, or, or criticize somebody else without looking at my own sin. But when we're walking according to the Lord, see what happens is if we accept the sin of a fellow and brother and sister, and when I'm talking about sin, I'm talking about not, I'm not talking about a one-time thing. I'm talking about somebody that's continuously practicing. So this is the issue when we have Christians who are bound in these things, who are bound not even just in alcohol or, or drugs, but who are bound in fornication. There's something there. See, we have to hold them accountable to that. And, and see, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He says we're supposed to put them out. And that sounds harsh yeah. in today's world. And, 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 and I will appeal to all the leaders out there that that's what we have to do. Why? Because a little leaven spoils everything. Right? So now that will give the okay to other people. And that will give them the okay to continue in their sin. Because the idea of it is once we put them out, we still pray for them. Yeah. Right? But it's in hopes of what Paul was trying to say is it's in hopes of that they will come back and they will miss the fellowship and that they will repent and come back. But what we do is we say it's okay. Just like that young lady I talked about, you know, a couple months back that was dealing with the alcoholism. See, there's an issue, there is a reason why she keeps going back to that. And, and, I, and I thought about this today. She reflected, when, when she, I reflected on it when she said, can you tell Pastor so-and-so to come see me? Well, when she said that, she kind of brightened up. She was no longer, see, there's something there that's causing her, driving her to the alcohol. Yes, it is sin, but there's something she has not released. And the fact that she won't release it when, we could, when the church will still sit up there and allow her to do the things that she's doing and still allowing her to come back into fellowship. Like I said, it sounds harsh, but we're going to go a little bit more into that later on down the weeks. Alright, so let's turn to Romans chapter 6. Sometimes the power of God will move supernaturally to bring people their deliverance by the power of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes God will move supernaturally through us just reading His Word. Amen. Because His Word is alive. Amen. His Word is quick. It's powerful. See, His Word separates the spirit and the soul. See, but we take His Word for granted. And sometimes we just read His Word like a book, but we don't read His Word like... Yeah, we read it like a storybook, but we don't read it in faith. And he wants us to read it in faith because his word is the word. It's the spoken word. Because Jesus is the word. Right? That's right. So sin causes us to be entangled, to become entangled in a yoke of bondage. And if we are in a yoke of bondage, then guess what? We're not at peace. And Jesus came that we might have peace. Alright, so Romans chapter 6, beginning at verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body 
that you shall obey it in its lust. So let's stop right there. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, by the way. So that word reckon in verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon. It means to take into account. Meaning, we're to take into account that since we become saved, we have become born again and accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Guess what? We are dead to sin. We are dead to sin. And I think you said it last week. Galatians 5 says what? If you practice these things, then you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Right? So, let's keep going. So, that word sin. Now, I talked about this a while ago that most times, nowadays, in the charismatic churches, that we, we use the definition of sin as in missing the mark. Right? And I talked about how before, it's more than just missing the mark. Right? It, it also means to err. Right? It also means to violate, violate God's law in deed and in thought. Right? So, we focus in on the deed, but what about these thoughts that we're having? Right? So, cause what did Jesus say? If, if a man looks upon a woman to even lust after him, he's already committed adultery in his heart. Well, guess what? That's a thought. And guess what? That's a pet sin we hold on to. Because nobody knows. That's what we say. Nobody knows. I hold on to it. But guess what? Just like that puppy dog. That's right. God knows. Just like that puppy dog. It begins to grow. And grow. Until what? Now it's no longer just a mental picture. Now you're starting to act out on it. Right? But what does he say? He said what? If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Right? If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Right? Not literally do those things, but sometimes we got to go cold turkey. Right? So if you're dealing with a lust problem, you might need to cut the TV off. Yeah. Sometimes you might have to seclude yourself. Right? So if you're dealing with lust, but then you're running around, and it doesn't mean that you got to stay in there for weeks or months. It may just be a day or two. You might have to go in there and you might have to go on a fast and spend time Amen. and break that spirit that is trying to influence you to get you to sin. But these are the things we don't do. Right? We hold on to it we, we, and we continue to come back and we, we come back into the church and we're dealing with these things. And, and, and I talked about this before. See, sometimes you can go into a church and you know what type of spirit is in the church. When you're sitting there and then all of a sudden a thought comes out of nowhere. Right? Whereas a lustful thought, you're like, where is this coming from? Best believe somebody's dealing with that in the church. Right? More times than not, it's somebody in leadership dealing with that. Right? And then it's also people in, in the house dealing with that as well. It's just like I said, when a pastor falls and sins, a pastor goes out and congregation and they commit adultery. Best believe there's probably other people in there that's committing adultery. Because why? That's the spirit that's in there, influencing them. And see, these are things that we can't hold on to. These are things we can't. Yeah, I said, you know, we don't always talk about the adultery. Well, we talk about the adultery, but it's the little things that cause us to open up the big wound in our hearts and cause us to go out and sin some more, cause us to go out and drink alcoholism. That's not of God. That's, that's not of God. He doesn't want us doing those things. He wants us to turn all these issues over to him. Now, doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, right? But Scripture said we're not to be practicing these things. That's right. And see, what's going on, what's been going on in the houses of God for too long, for years, for centuries, we've been committing these sins over and over and over and over. I was reading across my study, I think it was either a monk, a Russian monk or a priest, 
think the last name of Rasputin, and he would say, you know, for all the sin, the more sin you have, God's grace abounds that much more. Yeah. But this is what he was doing. He was saying this. He's like, the more time you can go out there and sin, God's grace is going to cover you. But we know that's not scripture. So basically, he was giving himself a license. And he, did, he, he said this. He was giving himself a license to go out there and sin each and every day and just ask God to forgive. Well, where's his heart? Is that? His heart. No, he's, he's a sinner. He's a sinner. And then we, we see from Galatians again, if you practice these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Alright, so again, uh, verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Alright, so to reign there means to exercise kingly power, control. Right. so we are not to be allowed sin to control us. We are not allowed, we, we should not as Christians... As born-again believers, we should not allow sin to dictate our actions on what we're doing. Why? Because we now have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We are without excuse. And y'all hear me talk about it all the time, right? We, we look at the Old Testament saints. Guess what? If they were required, we're required that much more to live holy. Because we have something they didn't have, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Amen. How in the world can we sit up here and... Point the finger even to those that are out there in the world who are not saved and say, you're doing this. Whether Let's go back to Bill Clinton. You're doing this. You're committing adultery. But yet, we're doing these things in the house of God. Bill Clinton wasn't saved. But we're saved. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So, how dare we point the finger to the world? It's not our job to judge the world. It's our job to judge our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. That is our job. And if we look the other way, that's the problem. Amen. Alright. So, in verse 4, it talks about, in Romans 6, verse 4, it talks about walk, walk in the newness of life. So, we don't carry on the way we used to when we become born again. So, I had no desire to go back and do those things. Now, if I sit up here and I dibble and I dabble, such as when you have, you have heard me say this before, when people say, especially back when I was in the Navy, people say, oh, son, you can look. Look. No, I can't look. <laughs> I think you laugh at that. <laughs> you can't look. Because guess what? That look's painting an image on your mind. That look is going to lead to something else. You may not commit the actual act, but you're committing it in your heart. Amen. Right? So no, I can't look. And no, you can't look. Yeah, you can't look neither. <laughs> So we can't we can't do those things, right? And, and we, we have we, we have to be careful. We have to be on guard. We always have to be on guard because the enemy is always lurking. The enemy is always lurking to get us to trip up, and we have to be on guard on those things. Amen. All right. So verse thirteen, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God. As being alive from the dead, and your member, as you, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Yes. For you are not yes. under the law, but under grace. So understand, if sin's having dominion over us, something's wrong. Something is wrong. There's a disconnect somewhere. So if you're telling me that you're saved. You're born again, but you're bound in drugs. 
and alcoholism, then guess what? Sin has control over you. Sin is now that alcohol is your God. Yeah. That drug is your God. Yeah. That lustful spirit is your God. Because that's what you're obeying yourself to. Yes. See, God has given us the power to overcome these things. Thank you, Lord. We don't hold on to them and, and say, oh, no, Jesus. it's a little thing. Nobody knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. He knows our hearts. We can't even hold on to things like jealousy. Amen. See, so even what I was talking about with that, with that monk uh, uh, or priest, Rasputin, you know, that's wrong. And see, it's wrong of a, even of somebody in leadership. Again, like I said, you're dealing with somebody, a member in the congregation, and they're bound in sin, it's okay. You stroke them like the dog. Puppy, it's okay. It's not okay. Paul tells us they got to go. Why? Because I don't want them to feel influencing Phil. I don't want them influencing Vanessa. Amen. And, and, and the real sad part is when we get up here and we allow them to speak. That's why I say you can always tell when somebody's battling and struggling in sin. Because they begin to minimize it. All sin is sin. See, they say those things because they're dealing with something. See, there, there's, a, there's an issue when someone who keeps popping pills all the time. There's an underlying issue there that they're holding on to, that they have not turned over to Jesus. And, and, and Jesus is there waiting for it, saying, give it to me. Cast it to me. But we hold on to it because we're afraid. Amen. We hold on to it, we're afraid. We're afraid of being alone. We don't, you know, I don't want to be alone. I'm afraid. So now I'm going to keep jumping from relationship to relationship. That goes back to that abandonment issue. Yes. Right? Or somebody whose dad wasn't in their life. Or their mom wasn't in their life. And then they get married, and then they end up abusing the other spouse because they're upset and don't even realize it that they didn't grow up with their mom. So they're holding on to that. And Jesus is saying, look, I came to set the captives free. Turn it over to me that you might have peace, joy, and life, and life more abundantly. That's right. That's what he wants us to have. He don't want us walking around as Christians with a frown on our face all the time. You know, is it always going to be peaches and cream? No. There's times we want to go through things, but that's okay. Because through the good times and the bad, God is still God. You know, I was reading First uh, Peter this morning, and it's amazing to see. See, sometimes as a church, we, we, we as Christians, we focus in on Peter back when he was a disciple. Mm -hmm. And even when he was an apostle, when Paul confronted him. We, we focus on those things, right? But we don't focus on the mature Peter Amen. in his letters. Because Peter went from disciple Peter to Peter the apostle to guess what? To a shepherd. He was, became older. He became wiser. Then he became the advisor. He, 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 he gave wisdom. And he was like, I think it was in the third chapter. He said, look, be quick to give a defense. Be gentle about it. Be humble about it. Does that sound like the Peter that walked with Jesus? <laughs> no. 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 He had matured. Right? Yeah. You know, there's times where we may be young in the Lord, where we may be spontaneous, boom, boom. But as we get older, as we grow, we become wiser. And see, it's not just all the time about age. How much time are we spending with Him? Amen. See, that is the key because I think back to even my first year of being saved years ago. <laughs> I spent time with God. So there was a difference in me. There was more maturity in me 
just spiritually and in his word than there were with people who have been saved a lot longer than me. Because they always looked at the negative and the doubt. No. I'm like, and they will always tell me, Rasan, you're not going to always feel that way. Rasan, this, that. And I'm like, what does the word say? Are you standing upon the word or are you not? Which one is, you know, are we reading the same thing? Are we serving the same God? See, we got we got to be careful of these things. See, yeah. and, and we we got to be careful again. See, because some people say, "Oh, you know what? It's okay for me to do this. It's okay for me to drink this and get tipsy." Well, guess what? From a natural standpoint, from a law enforcement standpoint, if you're driving and you're tipsy, that's still a DUI. <laughs> yeah. So guess what? It's not okay. It's not okay. All right. So you shouldn't be drinking to the point where you're getting tipsy. All right. <laughs> No, that's still that's still the same thing as you being drunk. Mm -hmm. Alright? Because if you get behind that wheel, you get into an accident, guess what? You going to jail. But as Carrie would say, click click. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you going to jail. I gave you a shout out, Carrie. <laughs> Alright, let's keep going. Verse 15. So Paul says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. So, and this is the second time he says this, because he says this right at the beginning of this chapter. See, so we should not be continuously sinning and say, Lord, you know my heart. You're going to forgive me. You know, and we say things like that. Well, God knows me. God knows my hurt. And then we, and then we have leaders in the church say, well, you know what? That's okay. We all have issues. We all go through things. But guess what? We're now giving them permission to go out and continue in their sin. Because truth of the matter is, they will say, I'm saying they because we don't do that here. Right. We're going to pray for you. We're going to love you. But yeah, we're going to do what the word says. But they say we don't do it. We hold on to them because we love them. But if you do that, you don't love them. If you love them, you will do what the word says. It's like Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Put them out. What, that they will be saved. That they will come to repentance and repent. And no longer be bound in that sin, doing the things of the sin. That they will miss the fellowship of the believers. And see, we have some people that will go out there. And yes, some people will prefer to be in the fellowship of those out there standing on the corner, doing things that they're not supposed to do. And you know what? A lot of people out there on the corner doing things, they don't want to be doing them. But they don't know how to be set free. Yeah. Just like I testified of I didn't want to be doing stuff. I wanted to stop. I didn't know how to stop. But Jesus is how I stopped. Yes. Jesus is how I stopped. It's not all about all this natural stuff. Doing this, doing that. Yeah, that, you know, it's not all bad. It will help. But it's a band-aid over something that needs stitches. Amen. And, and Jesus, like I said, he's come to set the captives free. All right. Verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? So, now, which one are we going to obey? Are we going to obey the sin? Is it we going to allow sin to reign in us? And like I said, it doesn't have to be no big sin like murder. Are we going to allow that spirit of pride or laziness? Laziness is a sin. Are we going to allow that to reign in us? Or are we going to live right for God? And see, the closer we get to God, the more we break free from these things. The, the, the more we're set free and we're, we're free. Our thoughts are clear. 
uh, 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 you know, our minds are clear. And now, guess what? Now we can go and help somebody else. But see, we have people who are bound in sin, whose lives are wrecked, and they're trying to help somebody else that's worse than them. And you know what we call them today? Life coaches. <laughs> we call them life coaches. Now, don't get me wrong, there, there's some good ones out there, yeah. but most of the life coaches you run into, their lives are messed up, and they're trying to help somebody else whose life is worse than them. And then you, they, then we wonder why these people never get set free. Because what do they tell them? Yeah. And, and it, sh it shouldn't be like that. All right, verse 17. But God, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Slaves of righteousness is what we're to be. And again, doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. Doesn't mean that I, I for some, may not catch your attitude with somebody. But you know what? Even if we go out and we slip up sin, it, like I said, there should be a cutting there. There should be a cutting. And if that cutting is there, that is a good sign. That is good. But if you're not feeling that cutting, if you're going out there, sleeping with this person, that person, without any conviction, there's a problem. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. That's right. Now, I don't have to worry about nobody in here, but I speak to y'all out there. <laughs> You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. That's what the word says. We have to stop playing. Look, the Bible says what? Whether you be hot or cold. And see, the church is lukewarm because we're allowing people to be lukewarm. We're giving lukewarm messages. If they, you know, if you want to be cold, go out there. Go. Sing. What's the purpose of coming in church? I remember even back when I was in the world, even when I go to the clubs, it used to amaze me. You have people in there quoting the scriptures. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that don't even make no sense. It's like, and I know you're not getting up to go to church in the morning because it's like 3, 4 in the morning. <laughs> and I know you're not getting up to go to church, but yet you're quoting scriptures. What sense does that make? And you still have people doing that today. And, they, and you know what? They're leading praise and worship. They're singing in the choir. <laughs> One foot in the world. Yep. And guess what? They're teaching Bible studies, preaching the word, and we're allowing these things to happen. Yeah. Shouldn't be. That's not God's church. That's not God's church. God doesn't want us to hold on to these things. He wants us to give it to Him. And see, yeah, I get it. It can be hard. It's hard because we do it out of our natural. But he wants to come in supernaturally and clean us up. That's right. Clean us up all at once. So now it won't, we won't be doing these things habitually. See, and then if those thoughts, once we get clean, if those thoughts come back, we do what? Second Corinthians 10. We cast down those things with the knowledge of the word. We don't dwell on those things. We don't entertain those things. And the problem is, we'll sit up there in church and we have all these thoughts running their head. We're not even listening to the message. <laughs> we got all these things. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then as soon as the man or woman of God gives a particular word, oh, that ain't for me. I, I, I'm going to hold on to that one. Yeah, I'm going to hold on to that. You can't touch that. No, we got to give it all away. We got to give it all away. Because as long as we hold on to it, it becomes our crutch. And guess what do we do with crutches? We still limp. Lean on it. Yeah. We lean on it. Yeah. Exactly. He doesn't want us to do that. 
want us to be set free and walking in a newness of life. So when we hold on to these pet sins and we call them little things and even, like I said, even the gluttony. Because guess what? When we overeat, I've been there. I've been a few buffets, quite a few buffets. <laughs> and I have overheated. And guess what? Well, I don't feel like doing nothing. If the Lord calls me to pray, mm-mm, I'm tired. Nope. I'm going to sit right here like a turkey. Because <laughs> I'm stuffed. And that's why he doesn't want us to get like that. Because it makes us lazy. See, and, and laziness is, again, like I said, it's a pet sin. Because guess what? We're not going to read the Word. We're not going to spend time with Him. And these are things we have to actively do. We, we have to actively spend time with Him. Because our flesh is not going to want to do it. There's going to be time. And see, mm -hmm. but the more we do it, the easier it becomes. We train. We start to train our flesh. See, we train our flesh by fasting. We train our flesh by reading the Word. We train our flesh by praying. And guess what? Even getting in God's presence and singing songs and hymns to Him. We don't have to be before everybody to sing songs and hymns before the Lord. But sometimes that's what we do. We wait till we get before people. Look, God don't care how you sound. He know. He know He didn't give you a voice to sing. <laughs> he know He didn't give me a voice to sing. But He's He's given us a heart. See, because if we sing from the heart, it doesn't matter. That's right. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what I want to say in case somebody sees. <laughs> because of the weakness of your flesh for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of, and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness see we have to be holy Amen. we have to be holy see these pet sins like I said they lead to bigger sins they lead to bigger problems and we, we, we have to stop paying, playing with these things like they're puppies like they're goldfish no because guess what it's going to grow. It's going to grow. And there's so many people are bound and unhappy. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus will set you free. Amen. Jesus will set you free. And see, we, 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 we've grown in the custom, well, you know, just keep trying. Keep doing this. Keep doing that. No, yeah, Jesus will come supernaturally and set you free and deliver you. All you got to do is ask him. Ask him in faith. Where's your heart at? And Jesus will come in, like I said, like a floodgate, and fill each and every one of us up to deliver us Amen. from the evilness of sin, whether big or whether small. It doesn't matter. He wants to set free. Amen. Why? So we can go out there and help other people to get set free. Here's the thing. And I just talked to my wife about this, I think, yesterday. How in the world are we going to ask people to come into church, pray for deliverance, from drugs, alcoholism, but yet, we got Christians addicted to coffee. You're bound on the same thing. Because I've heard Christians say, even leaders, I can't function without my coffee. That means you're addicted to that coffee. Yeah. You know, it may not have the full side effects of that drug, but you're still addicted to it. That's right. You yeah. still, that, that's still your God. Yeah. If you can't function without that coffee, something's wrong. Something is leading you to that car. Same thing with cigarette smoking. Because we all know cigarettes not healthy. But we got Christians that do it anyway. And guess what? People don't smoke cigarettes because it's good. 
I tried it before. It ain't good. Don't taste good. Don't smoke. Don't smell good at all. So what's causing you to smoke? Something's causing you to smoke. Your nerves. That nicotine. <laughs> right? You, you, you got you, you revved up. Then you're going out there. I know people that go out there when they smoke. They smoke five, six cigarettes all at one time. Boom. Back to back to back to back to back. But what's causing them to do that? And see, they may say, well, you know what? I'm not going out there murdering anybody. No, you're not. But you're still addicted to that. He wants you set free from that. Why? Because that's not good for our bodies. It's not. See, we can't We can't talk that we have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us, but then we're filling our body up with that nasty smoke. That's not good. Poison. Yeah. Same thing with marijuana today. Right? Don't tell me you have the same Holy Ghost as I do. Oh, but it's natural. <laughs> it's natural. Well, guess what? So is lead. So is uranium. But you ain't ingesting that. That's natural. But you're not taking that in. Right. So don't come to me talking about, oh, that's natural. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You, you don't have the same Holy Ghost as me. Because <laughs> guess what? That marijuana is going to impair you. Yes, and guess what? God don't. And see, we're going to get into that with sorcery. Because we like to label that all as uh, the psychological method. No, that's dealing with the drugs. That's dealing with the drugs. Because yeah. that's taking you somewhere God don't want you to go. Amen. See, so no, marijuana is not a God. So if you're a Christian, you should not be doing marijuana. That's right. Amen. Amen. So I'll get ready to close up. Alright. So it is not God's will for mankind to be bound in sin. It's not God's will for us to be addicted to drugs, alcohol, sex, or any other sin that any person will be dealing with. Not as a Christian. God doesn't want us dealing with that stuff. He doesn't want us bound like that. He wants us to be set free. He wants us as slaves of righteousness. In other words, it doesn't matter what we want or feel or even need. We, we do what the slave master commands. Period. So, if we're a slave to sin, we're going to do what that sin says. But if we're a slave to righteousness, we're going to do what this word says. So, we have to take a stand. Which one we're going to be? And that's fine. If you want to go to be a slave of sin, that's fine. Go be cold. I'd rather you go be cold than be lukewarm. And think you're going to heaven. That's what I said. You got a lot of people going to church today. They're going to hell. They're going to hell. You don't want to be one of those people. So you might as well just not even come to church. Amen. Truth be told. That's right. But if you want to be set free, Amen. let us know. Amen. Let us know. Because we, we will lay hands and allow the Holy Ghost to move. Like I said, you can't sit up here. As people always will talk about, oh, they want deliverance, this, this, this. But then you bound in this and that and that. How are you going to help somebody get delivered? How are you going to be a vessel? Because what Paul said, be a vessel of honor. Yes. Right. A vessel of honor. Amen. That's what we're supposed to be. Yeah, God can work through anybody because God can talk to a donkey. Yeah, he can walk. But there's going to be no consistency. Amen. 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 So we need God, God's peace to guard our heart. Philippians 4 7 says this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, when we allow the fullness of Christ to come into our lives, His presence protects us. He heals us from those hurts that we've had in the past. He heals us. Right? So even the fact that 
My dad wasn't around even when I don't need to talk about that because he's delivered me from that. Praise him. We still have people, men, that say, oh, my dad. Well, guess what? My dad wasn't around either. But that didn't stop me. Because guess what? My father in heaven. Amen. I allowed him into my life. Amen. And he became my dad. Amen. Right? Amen. So even now, so me and my dad, even now, have a better relationship now because I came to Christ. Right. And that's how it's supposed to be. Amen. We don't hold on to these hurts. We don't hold on to these abandonment issues. No. Jesus, he's right there walking with us. Amen. And he wants to guard our hearts from all these hurts, all these pains, because you have to ask yourself as a Christian, what is causing you to go to those pills? What is causing you to take those drugs? What is causing you to sleep with that person, that person? What is causing you to get married to this person, then get divorced? Then get married to this person, then get divorced? Because you can't be alone. There's something there that you have not turned over to Jesus. And, you know, very well, a lot of Christians know what it is. But then many don't. Many don't. But we, these are things that we have to turn over to Christ. And he will protect our hearts. Amen. See, we don't have to worry about somebody else hurting us. Why? Because we don't trust man. We trust God. See, we trust God. And see, yeah, we, we, we follow men. See, Paul says what? Follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. But see, if I'm sitting up here talking about, oh, I'm bound in this, I'm dealing with it, then y'all need to leave. Y'all don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> because guess what? I'm no different. But see, it doesn't matter who anybody is. Apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, deacon. Elder, it doesn't matter. We are all held accountable. We don't have no special privileges. That's right. As a pastor, I don't have no special privilege at all. I'm held accountable. Actually, I'm held more accountable. Right. Take that back. I'm held more accountable. And see, a lot of people want this responsibility to teach the word. Nope. There is a heavy price for that, especially if you lead people wrong. And guess what? The churches today, the men, the women of God out there, a lot of them are leading people astray. Leaving them wrong, Amen. not teaching the word, still allowing them to live in their sins. And won't even address the sin. We'll address everything else, but we won't address the sin. We got people leading praise and worship that's bound in sin. How are you going to usher in the presence of God? We read this past Wednesday in Nehemiah. What the protocol is supposed to be. Yeah. Even for the choir. Yeah. Right? And then even as a leader, I'm not supposed to be in the back office while praise and worship going on. No, I should be out here. Just like Nehemiah was. That's right. I'm not supposed to be back there talking. No. Why? Because guess what? I have this flesh too. I have this flesh too. So I'm no different. So we have to guard our hearts. There's certain things we can't look at. There's certain things we can't place in our ears. There's certain things we can't be around. There's certain people we can't be around. <laughs> we have to cut certain people off. We, yes, gotta go. We gotta cut some family members off. Yeah. Because, they, and, and the truth be telling, y'all hear me say this all the time, once we come saved, we come into the family of God. That's, That's right. the way he designed it. That's right. But what do we do? We reverse it. We go back and we're trying to hold on to this sister, to that brother, <laughs> to this parent, you know, this child. You know, now 
they under 18, that's a different story. <laughs> I know they don't like to hear that, but that's a different story. <laughs> but if they're adults, we still pray for them, yeah, but we can't keep reaching back. God has given us a family. See, and then what happens? Especially in family. You know, not necessarily the kids, but whether it's a parent or whoever, a sibling, we get rejected. And then we keep going back for more. And keep going back for more. And Jesus is like, look, I got a family. I got a body for you here that's not rejecting you. But you keep going back because you're thinking carnally and not spiritually. Amen? Amen. So, we have to guard our hearts. We have to guard our hearts with the word. And we have to be fervent. We have to be aggressive with this word. I'm telling you, it will make a difference in your life. Spend time with it. That's why I told Timothy, study to show himself approved. Right? We got Christians that won't even read the Bible. That don't even know the Bible. So now we're on this trip today with, oh, I got this revelation. I got that revelation. Well, the revelation that don't lie with the word, you ain't get that from God. Amen. That's right. <laughs> and this is where I always challenge people at. And then they get offended, they get mad. Like, well, show me in the scripture where that's at. Because if you can't show me in the scripture, God didn't give that to you. Because God doesn't go against his word. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we'll stop right there. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Amen.